This is Healthcare Strategies. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. I'm Kelsey Waddell, Senior Editor of Healthpayer Intelligence and Multimedia Manager of Extelligent Healthcare Media. When a public health crisis rocks the healthcare industry, depending on the emergency, it is possible that no sector or procedure is completely insulated from impact. Even payment and administrative processes can sustain damage and require changes due to a major crisis. April Todd, Senior Vice President of Core and Explorations at CAQH, saw firsthand how an emergency could influence administrative functions in the healthcare system when the coronavirus pandemic struck. CAQH recently released a report detailing how administrative transactions changed in 2020. The report identified how volume and cost shifted at different points along the administrative workflow during the first year of the pandemic. April is here with us today to share the results of the report and, more generally, how payers and providers can better protect or adapt their administrative processes during future crises. Hi, April. Welcome to Healthcare Strategies, and thank you for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. So before we launch into this conversation, I want to make sure that everybody starts on the same page. I know that administrative transactions based on the CAQH report can cover a pretty broad range of interactions between healthcare payers and providers. So could you talk a little bit about how we define administrative transactions? Yeah, so administrative transactions really start from the beginning when a patient schedules a visit to see a provider. And it starts with when you go to see your provider and you bring your insurance card and they check it when you get there to make sure that you're eligible. That's the first transaction that that occurs within administrative transactions. And it goes all the way through, you know, if you need to get permissions for care, which is called a prior authorization, it includes that. It also includes a claim that a provider will file to the insurance company to get payment. And it includes some transactions after that claim is filed as well. It includes payment to the provider, and it includes detailed information about that claim that the provider can have for their records. Great. Yeah. So very overarching the entire relationship between providers and payers, sounds like, and the patient. So honing in on kind of what the report was talking about and more broadly, what happens when a crisis hits the healthcare system in regards to administrative processes, when a disruption the size of the COVID pandemic hits the healthcare system, What kinds of impacts can you expect that to have on administrative transactions? It can actually have some fairly significant impacts. And we actually saw this during the first year of the pandemic. It can affect every single part of that administrative workflow that I was talking about. In particular, during the pandemic, just to give a few examples, even eligibility checks, right? We had people who weren't going to the doctor. They were going and using telehealth. Telehealth wasn't typically something that was checked very often for eligibility, so that completely changed some business processes of how to deal with that. Another challenge that often occurs with just new things or crises is how do you code for them in the claims process? There's not coding that exists to do that. And so oftentimes some of that new coding needs to be manual for a while until the systems can catch up to be able to adjust to it. Excellent. Thank you. And looking at the coronavirus pandemic specifically, as we look at those different impacts, where did you see some of the highest impact the the parts of that administrative workflow that experienced the highest level of impact due to COVID? And where were some of the lowest impacts, the ones that were really protected against COVID and didn't really see any impact? And then why do you think that those trends turned out the way that they did? Yeah, I would say specifically to the COVID pandemic, across the board, we saw in general 
improvement in adoption of electronic or automated business processes. And that might slightly contradict with what I just said earlier, but I want to explain why that is the case. When we got the survey results, we were actually digging into this quite a bit to understand what was going on. And so when we talked to providers and health plans, what we heard from them is, well, we have administrative staff that are working at home. They can't get faxes. You know, our call centers are shut down. And so the administrative staff and, and the health plans in particular had to adjust and you know make things more electronic so that they could actually, you know, serve the populations and they had to adapt. And so there was a lot of very quick adaptation that was done to just be able to process that just because people weren't in the office and they weren't able to process those types of things. So across the board, we saw a silver lining, I think, with the pandemic as we saw some you know, improvement in automation. I would say the other, just specifically to specific transactions, one area that we saw quite a bit of change in a multitude of different directions was actually around prior authorization. Prior authorization is one of those transactions that causes the most burden for providers. It takes a lot of time. There's lots of documentation needed. And historically, it's been one of the transactions that is the least automated within the workflow. And we saw improvements in automation this year, actually one of the highest levels of improvement in automation for prior auth, which is really nice to see. But at the same time, we also saw significant declines in volume, the most volume reduction we were seeing from prior authorization. And you know, the reasons for that during the pandemic were health plans were trying to help providers with the math, with the onslaught of what they were getting in terms of people coming into the emergency rooms and needing help. And they were waiving prior authorizations for, for a fair amount of time. And so we did see some significant reductions there. Excellent. I'm drawing from your own experience interacting with payers and providers during the pandemic. Was there any other ways in which healthcare systems and insurers were adapting their administrative transaction processes in response to the coronavirus pandemic? And if so, how would you characterize those attempts at adapting? Yeah. So I think you know both plans and providers really came together and were really working together, which is why we kind of named the report the way we did, working together during a crisis, is just some of even the anecdotal stories that we heard from plans and providers. People really put forth their best effort to try to do everything that they could to make things better. So whether it was prior authorization or it was making things more electronic, trying to make telehealth easier, I think they tried to do everything that they could during this time. And I think that's very laudable. Makes sense. And so starting outside of the coronavirus pandemic for just a moment, looking more generally to the future of, you know, this is not obviously going to be, unfortunately, the last crisis to hit our healthcare system. Hopefully we don't see anything like this for a while, but so that healthcare providers and payers can be more prepared, what strategies would you suggest that they have in place to protect administrative transactions to make sure that their financial impacts as well as workflow impacts are not as high? Yeah, so I think one of the things that everyone has learned during the pandemic that we can take forward to other crises in general, that that is some advice, is the more that we can automate, the better prepared we will be. There will always be things that will need to move to some manual process kind of outside the workflow because we can't anticipate everything, right? We didn't anticipate COVID or what it would do, right? But the more automated that you are, the more things that you've automated, it's just going to take that outside of your workflow. You're not going to have to spend time on those things and you'll be able to focus really on those things that are going to have to be manual and are going to be completely new. So, you know, I think what we've learned here is that, if we had been more automated, it may have been easier. And I think there's there's a lot of learnings here. We should put a lot of effort into automating as much as possible because we've now learned that adapting takes a lot of effort. 
yeah, especially adapting in the moment as you're trying to handle all of those other factors. So for the providers and the payers who have not yet transitioned from manual to electronic, this might be a pretty big incentive to do that. What would you say to the provider or payer who's looking at that transition and is not sure where to start? What would be your advice to them? Yeah, you know, all of the transactions have some significant benefit to reducing cost and time of staff. There are definitely some transactions that will get a bigger bang for the buck than others. For example, the eligibility and benefit transaction by far has the most volume of any transaction. And so automating as much of that as possible will really significantly reduce administrative cost. The other thing I would say as well is that sometimes people underestimate the savings that you can get from automation. What we've noticed through this survey is that the more and more providers and plans automate, they see a volume boost in terms of cost reduction. They see bigger economies of scale than what they would have anticipated. And so I think that's an additional encouragement, hopefully, for plans and providers to automate more. Excellent. And I know that that's something that CAQH has been very involved in, in providing resources and providing reasons for payers and providers to make that shift. So this is a fairly COVID-specific question. We're going to narrow it back down to what we're dealing with right now. And we are at a very unique phase of the pandemic. This report was looking back at 2020, but now we have more COVID variants than we had then. The healthcare system is still under strain and arguably more strain because it's been so long and the workforce is depleting. And then, of course, most recently we had the federal government require insurers to cover at-home tests. And so I'm sure that each of these factors has an impact on claims volume and claims payment. And so I'm curious how you foresee or even maybe hope to see the pandemic continue to influence administrative transactions going forward. Yeah, so a really good example actually is one you just mentioned around the administration requiring coverage of COVID tests. The plans got a pretty narrow window of notice to be able to adjust to that, which means that there's not going to be coding for that within our electronic system. And so likely most of those transactions are going to be manual. They are going to be, we've heard some plans are requiring box tops from the COVID test to submit in to get reimbursement. So unfortunately, those are some of the types of things that will have to be manual for a while. But to reiterate a point I'd made earlier, even with those types of things that you have to make manual for a little while, if you have all of your other transactions automated, then it is going to seem like less of a lift because you have all of the other things automated. So we will always have these types of things, but that is a good example of having to just adapt and try to make processes work as best as you can for the short term and hopefully get them into an automated system longer term. Absolutely. And going off of that point, as you mentioned, payers had a very narrow window of time to comply. I think it was a few days to comply with the at-home COVID test coverage process. So what do you think is the next step in order to speed along that process of being able to process those claims and in a digital way? What's the next step there? Is it regulatory? Is it something that payers really need to get on top of more? How would you address that? Yeah, I mean, there's potentially a couple of different things that could happen there. You know, coding is an important one. So we need to have something to code to. So an example of this would be around telehealth. At the beginning of the pandemic, plans were coding things differently and the providers were getting a little frustrated that there was kind of different coding going back and forth. And so the plans were kind of coming together to see, hey, can we standardize this in some way? CQH was kind of helping with some of that. When things like this happen, maybe, you know, the industry trying to come together and say, hey, this is a best practice. Everybody try to do this now. Sometimes when we rely on the regulatory process, it just takes too long. 
There are good things that can come from regulatory processes. There's also things that the industry comes together quickly can also make quick changes. Absolutely. You know, you just talked about how telehealth has been factoring into this and how that has been an area where we've seen, especially during the beginning of the pandemic with the high spike in, in volume of utilization among patients who couldn't get to see their providers in person and processing those claims has been an evolving process. Certainly we have had time to adjust to that now to some extent, but are there any areas still lacking where we can better improve those processes of integrating telehealth claims procedures into the overarching, more physical in-person claims procedures? Yeah, actually I can talk a little bit about some work that CQH Core has been doing actually in response to the pandemic. And it's actually earlier up in the process than claims to try to actually help the claims process on the back end. So one of the things we have operating roles, they're business roles that help to make transactions more standardized. And one of the things we heard from our participants is, hey, we need some more standardization around eligibility for telehealth. And so our industry has come together to put some requirements around eligibility and telehealth. And we have actually finalized those rules at the end of December. And so we're looking forward to hopefully getting those out into the industry soon to help improve the telehealth space. Excellent. And on that note, is there anything else that CAQH is working on that you would like to kind of offer to payers and providers as a resource during this time, specifically related to administrative processes? Yeah, I would encourage plans and providers, as I mentioned before, to get engaged with CAQH Core. One of our core, not as a pun, but our core things that, that we do at Core is to really try to make things more standardized, make the transactions more efficient for the industry to use. And so all plans, all providers, the government entities, vendors are encouraged to participate. We've been busy recently. In addition to you know, eligibility and benefits and, and telehealth, we've been working on clinical documentation as well to help improve claims and for prior authorization. So we really try to respond to what the industry needs and we encourage anyone to participate and it will really help the industry move along more quickly. Well, thank you so much, April, for joining us on Healthcare Strategies today. Hi. Thanks for having me. Listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Feel free to reach out to me at kwadill at extelligentmedia.com. That's K-W-A-D-D-I-L-L at extelligentmedia.com to share your thoughts. You can also use that email to let us know if there are any health industry related questions or stories you would like us to consider covering. And if you liked this episode and it sparked some thoughts for you, please head over to Apple and give us a few stars and a positive review. Thank you for listening. This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production.